All right, and we're live. What's up, guys? The 117th installment of the Unplugged Alpha podcast, a podcast based on the book. Tonight, we're going to be talking about something I covered in a chapter in the book and comes up over and over again. People calling in, people in a comment. Got to do that. Here's the other thing, too. We get, um, turn this off. We get um, dudes in the comments a lot, and they're um, they're all up in arms when you talk about people stepping out in a committed relationship, whether it's dating, marriage, whatever it happens to be. And uh, they've got convictions that they subscribe to within uh, religion, you know, culture, uh, whatever it is that they were drunk on. So tonight I'm going to be uh, getting you guys squared away on the reality of cheating, what it is, why it happens, responses, taking questions. I can honestly talk for the full 90 minutes on this show. There's a lot to cover. So uh, call-ins on the Q&A are only on topic tonight, please. Um, and come over to YouTube if you're watching elsewhere on the internet. That is a link there, please, and thank you. Um, tomorrow, I got a emergency um, show scheduled, Cold Heart Truth, on Brian Johnson. Um, he just published a video on his YouTube channel talking about this $9 million lawsuit he had to settle with his ex-fiance. Um, so I've got some thoughts on that because I deal with a lot of high net worth individuals, and his scenario is uh, certainly interesting. So that'll be on the Entrepreneurs and Cars channel, 1030-ish. Um, all right, what do we start with here? Man, there's so much to cover. All right, now let's start with hitting the like button, maybe. <laughs> um, and let me go down over here. How's my audio, by the way? Is it coming in clean? So I've got a few notes, which I got from the community tab on the other page, which I'll get to in a second. So let's define it. So human beings are trying very, very hard to be monogamous when they're not designed for a very long period of time, millions of years, to be monogamous. Um, monogamy as it's defined in the, thanks Steph, monogamy as it's defined in the animal kingdom is essentially mating for life. Uh, I did a quick Google search before we started this. That includes wolves, coyotes, gibbons, swans, sandhill cranes, dick dicks, whatever the hell that is. Seahorses, bald eagles, prairie voles, beavers, albatrosses, barn owls, termites, scarlet macaws. I could keep going. There's a lot of animals out there. It, it seems really common in the um, uh, bird community. Bird community? Birds, you know, for birds. Uh, avians. The, um, the reason for it seems to be is because you got to sit on the eggs, keep them warm. So while one is off collecting insects or whatever it is they happen to eat for bald eagles, it's fish or whatever. Uh, the other one sits on the eggs and um, they kind of take take turns doing that. So it's by necessity when it comes to rearing children. And I think that sexual strategies for human beings are very interesting. They're very, very, very interesting. Like if you get, like if you really want to see how interesting human beings are, do some research on EvoPsych, on mating strategies between men and women. I've read all the books. I've read tons of studies. I talk about some of the stuff in one of the chapters of my book and the TLDR version of it is, is that we suck at monogamy. We're not monogamy. 
monogamous in the definition that the animal kingdom uses, meaning they mate for life. Um, their partner dies, an albatross dies at sea, a shark gets it or something like that. Uh, that's it. You know, they don't go and find another mate. It's not like they start dating and download Tinder and swiping or something like that, and they'll go and find another albatross. That's it. They're done. They are widowed for, for life. Uh, that's really what the definition is, right? Human beings like to call ourselves monogamous, but we're really not. I think Esther Perel defined it the best when she said that we're more monogamish, you know, uh, where for women, it's like, you know, they prioritize, see, women's sexual strategy is best defined as prioritizing the best that they can get. That's what hypergamy really is. Is this the best that I can get? The problem is, is that that usually means because they're always asking themselves that question subconsciously somewhere is this the best that I can get? Guy may start to decline. She may increase. Something may happen. He widowed, whatever it happens to be. She'll just move on. Women move on. We've seen it. Whether she cheats on you, whether she dumps you, whether she cheats and dumps you, um, women move on. Usually to bigger and better things, bigger and better guys. Um, the woman that you're dating right now, if she's fully committed to you and other guys are invisible and you're her hypergamous best option, other guys are mostly invisible to her and any guy from her past looks like a loser compared to you. That's that's why you guys are pair bonded in that sense. That's why she's got a strong connection to you. That's why she wants to be with you and continues to choose you sort of thing. So you understand that. But Esther Perel calls it monoga, monogamish, so to speak, meaning kind of like one person at a time. That's how women choose, basically. Men, on the other hand, prioritize differently. So I'm going to be talking a lot about the differences between men and women on this one because there's vast amounts of them. And the and the other interesting thing, too, is women's solipsism. Just got to write it down because I forgot to put a note down for it. Can't see the male perspective. They just can't. And I'll explain that in a little bit, too. So Esther Perel wrote a bunch of books, uh, Mating in Captivity. It's probably the most prolific one dealing with the subject. Um, I want to be clear, I'm not endorsing, condoning, or, uh, you know, any of those things when it comes to uh, stepping out on a relationship. You do you, you do whatever you want. I don't give a shit. Um, it's good, it's bad, whatever. You know, it's all, it's, it's, it's happened to all of us at some point. Like if you've been around, it's happening at some point. I'm trying to think right now. I've one, two, three, probably. I'm going to say three times that I'm aware of chicks have like stepped out on me. Um, I'll share a story of a close friend uh, to sort of set the tone and get this thing moving along here. Um, dude is dating this lady uh, after he got divorced. Um, he's got kids. She's got kids. They do the whole blended family bullshit thing that, you know, women like to sell guys. And um, they are on a vacation and the kids are misbehaving on the vacation. Um, kids are basically becoming brats, very entitled, uh, as they have done in the past, as he's ignored in the past. And he decides to send them off from the vacation uh, spot that he rented, sending them home. Um, basically had enough. Not expecting more than just checking her, right? Um, meaning your kids are behaving badly. They're acting like brats. You're not willing to deal with them. So I'm going to send you off. You can all go now. Uh, and I'll hang out here with my kids and finish my vacation. And expecting her to sort of like check herself and come in line. 
and behave better and recognize that uh, he's not going to put up with the bullshit. But that's not what happened. What ended up happening was she got rid of the kids uh, over to dad and she went out with a friend and uh, met a couple of guys, you know, two of them. And she ends up spending the night with the dude, banging him all night, morning, night, whatever. And then tries to come back around a few weeks later to reconcile and fix things. There's an interesting story somebody actually wrote on my community tab that's um, of the same sort of uh, vein. This is women, right? Like this is women. They will they will tell you that they are in love with you. They want to be with you forever and ever. And if something doesn't go their way, um, they can just act out, right? Um, and this is one of the ways in which that they will act out from time to time. Um, the whole, she's not yours, it's just your turn. Yeah. I mean, is there truth to that? Yeah. It sounds kind of harsh and cold. Like I know that it rubs some people the wrong way, but yeah. I mean, if you're, you know, you could say, I, look, I'm in a monogamous relationship with my girlfriend, wife, fiance, whatever it happens to be right now. But the fact still remains that if she's not a virgin or she didn't give you her best, see what I'm saying? She's, she shared her body with other men. That's that's not monogamy as it's divined in the animal kingdom. That's bouncing from one dude to another dude to another dude. And that could be three, five, 20, 50, 500. The thing is, is that the more times women get involved with different guys, it's like, it's very difficult to put it any other way than it's like a piece of her sort of dies and sort of like, leaves on you know as you go with that and there's all kinds of like scientific research that a lot of guys that have been like black pilled and they're more nihilistic have come up with which i may or may not talking about you know in a future video but when you go down the rabbit hole of the notion of women sharing themselves over and over and over again with different guys the disgust level goes up and up and up you know as that number goes up and up and up for, you know, for some people, it's like an absolute deal breaker has to be zero. For other guys, it's like it has to be low. I can't expect zero today. It's it's impossible to expect zero. Women, you know, women like that are very difficult to find or they don't exist. And then right now there's people screeching right away and about to write in comments, Irish, what about men and women and show Men and women are not the same. Let me tell you the difference between when men do it and when women do it. And you can... You can write your comments in there as you see fit. When women step out, they betray the man. When men step out, they cheat. There's a difference. So again, women prioritize the best that they can get. That's their sexual strategy. Do you understand? Hypergamy. Men prioritize availability. So she's hot, she's willing, let's go. Okay? Again, these are very different sexual strategies. In fact, the entire red pill, the entire Mano Swamp could be subbed up with those two lines. I think Carl summarized it that way before he left the Mano Swamp many, many moons ago. He wrote in a blog, women prioritize the best they, they can do, men prioritize availability. Totally different strategies. So when men step out, it's cheating. When women step out, it's betrayal because women form a connection with a guy when she steps out. She has to have an emotional connection. It is incredibly difficult for women just to like run around and just like bang a bunch of different guys and cheat on their boyfriend. There's some women that are like unhinged, chemically imbalanced, and they're unhinged in that sense, and they do, they do that. But most women, 
generally speaking, if they're going to cheat on you, like if they're going to step out on you or they are doing it right now, whether you're married, it's Kevin in sales or the pool boy or whatever it happens to be, uh, they have formed an emotional connection. They have invested in this other guy and they generally want to monkey branch to him, meaning they don't want to leave the guy that they're with until they can grab onto the next dude before they release and they've got their meat hooks. They rarely deal with two guys simultaneously and I can prove it to you. Um, Ishmael the Bloodthirsty, let's talk about him. Uh, let me see if I can find his Wikipedia page. What the hell was his real name? Ismail Ibn Sharif. Mullah. Let's see what it is here. Mullah Ibn Sharif. Lived from 1672 to 1727. Uh, he was a Moroccan sultan. And let's see. So his spouse's number, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So he's got 10 wives listed on his Wikipedia page. Uh, apparently he sired over a thousand children oh wait it says right here amongst 525 sons and 343 daughters and he had concubines right so what he would basically do is he'd obviously have his uh, wives and then he'd have his side pieces or the concubines or whatever and he'd have children with all of them and what would generally happen is as they got older as they all got older obviously um, he would start to retire them and they would be responsible for, for childcare and new ones would come in, which he would sleep with and impregnate and they would, he would just continue the cycle until he had all these children. So he's left behind, uh, I mean, I've heard accounts of over a thousand, but it says 525 sons, 343 daughters on the Wikipedia page today. There is no example in history of a woman doing that with men. There's no, it just doesn't exist. This guy had hundreds of women. He would actually turn his guards into eunuchs, cut them off. They would become eunuchs and they would guard his women. And he did that so that the guards would not touch his women. And their job was, of course, you know, form a perimeter, protect what's mine and keep everybody away from it. Cause that's all mine. Cause I'm going to be having children with all of that all the time. So you go back in the historical records, there's no example of any women doing that at any given time. There's there's some examples of some powerful women like, you know, Cleopatra who would monkey branch from dude to dude sort of thing, but nothing in the sense where it was like hundreds and hundreds of men simultaneously, right? Men can have thousands of children with multiple women. The world record for women having children, I think is something like 63. It's in the 60s. It's like a ridiculous number. And it was sequential, like quadruplets, uh, sextuplets, uh, twins, like every single pregnancy resulted in multiple children simultaneously. So the world record for a woman is like 60 or, or something like that. For a dude, it's like into the thousands. I mean, you go to Genghis Khan, I think something like one or 2% of the world's population today can be genetically traced back to Genghis Khan. It is what it is, right? So there's, so there's a massive difference between men and women when it comes to Sex, sexual interest. Again, women, one egg, men, millions of sperm. Sexual strategies for women prioritize the best they can get. Men prioritize availability, right? When a woman steps out, it's betrayal. She is betraying her commitment to that man. She is already looking at another guy as a better option and thinking to herself, that's it. I like Kevin from sales. I'm not really sure what's going on with this guy, but I think I'm going to find a way out and I'm going to monkey branch my way over. It could be under the radar. It could be somebody of lower value that's more of a Chad, more of like an alpha dude, 
and husbands like a beta male stay at home, you know, makes, makes money, you know, makes bank. Uh, she wants to keep them around. Maybe she's got kids with them. That's why you see these new age open relationships showing up a lot on dating sites where like married women are all like, I have an open relationship with my husband so I can go bang whatever the hell I want. Cause he's some dork that's staying at home, babysitting the kids and probably making all the money. And she doesn't want to jeopardize any of that. Um, and she just wants some fun on the side with some chat or some younger dude. Right. So big, big differences. And you know, she can go out there and have those romantic interests because dude's paying the bills. She's just not that interested in him anymore. Like she'll actually deal with the two guys cause you got alpha fucks and beta bucks over here. Same equation, right? That doesn't exist for men. <laughs> alpha fucks, beta bucks for men and women men just look at women and go like, I like that. I think I'd hit it. Right. She's walking away. I think I'd wear that ass as a hat. That's, that's, that's very nice. Right. Like, th like this is how men operate. We look at women as visually beautiful, beautiful, you know, sexual objects. Right. So when we step out on somebody that we've committed to, it's cheating. It's not as significant as betrayal. Betrayal is very significant to a guy. Cheating is not as significant. Now, Men and women get jealous for different reasons when it comes to cheating, which is also very interesting too. So make sure you're taking some notes because we're going to get deep, deep down the rabbit hole, fellas. <clears throat> so this is what women worry about when a guy steps out. This is what makes them jealous, right? So if a guy goes off and gets some exercise, he steps out, comes home, loves his family, all this and that and the other thing, what she's concerned about, she doesn't start with, did you have sex with her? How many times did you have sex with her? What did you do when you had sex with her? You know what she starts with? Did you love her? Do you have an emotional attachment to her? Do you love her? That's what she wants to know. When a chick steps out on a guy, and then they sit down and they start having the conversation, sitting at a table like Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith did when Jada went off and banged her son's best friend, and Will had to sit there like a cuck listening to this bullshit. The questions that they start asking is, did you fuck him? How was the sex? Did he make you come? How many times did you do it? Did he give you oral? Da, 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 da. Like they start thinking all, all of these things. Again, men and women are very different. We think very differently. The reason why women get so pissed off at guys and so hurt is because, and again, their solipsism will never let them see past their own nose. So women watching this right now, I'm going to I'm going to offer some nuggets of wisdom and, and truth. You may not like it. I don't give a fuck. It's a reality of the world. You, you just can't see past your own noses. It's, it's a feature, not a bug. We're, you know, we love you for it. Women are, are concerned with you taking away from her and her offspring resources and attention and protection. Because you go back 250,000 years, roaming around as nomadic hunter-gatherers. There was no religion. There was no marriage. There was no pyramids of Giza. There was no Gobekli Tepe, as far as you know, anyway. <laughs> there was none of that stuff. We would just roam around as nomadic hunter-gatherers. And if a guy that she had a connection with, that she had pair bonded with or had children with, that she was sexually interested in and sharing her body with, would leave, then it could spell certain doom for a woman like that right? Because he's the one bringing home the bacon. He's the one that's protecting everybody. If the enemies knock on their door, let's have some war, right? They're not picking up the war axes. They're not picking up the war axes and having a fight. The dudes are picking up the war axes and they're going to battle, not the women. Remember that. <clears throat> 
So women's concern is, what if he takes protection, resources, food, and all the good stuff away from me? I'm going to have a hard time surviving. Do women need a man today? No. They keep saying, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. So women's like biology is always conflicting with this toxic feminist narrative that's like, you don't need no man, girl. You go, girl. You know, sort of thing. I'm that corporate lagger. Put off having a family. Smash a bunch of dudes, right? Behave like a dude, right? So women get incredibly hurt and frustrated with a guy that steps out because they think the way that they think. They apply their thinking to our thinking, which is fucked because that's not how we think at all. A man can legit go out, love his family, love his children, pay for his house and everything. I've seen this. I, I coach high net worth individuals, athletes, actors, influencers, businessmen, entrepreneurs. I've dealt with some very, very interesting people. I know guys that have stepped out on their marriage hundreds of times, but they still love their wife. They still love their children. They still come home. They still pay the bills. They still protect. They still preside. They still go to all the family functions. They go to the, the picnics and the Thanksgivings and the Christmas and the travels and the summer holidays and all that shit. But he goes out and gets exercise from time to time. I'm going to tell you something that's very controversial. And I'll die on this motherfucking hill. Women that leave men that love their family and pay for everything because he steps out, and are all hurt, they're selfish. They are the most selfish people on the planet because they destroy that family. They tear that child, that those, those, those children apart. Um, the father loses access. She steals resources from, from him as a consequence of that. I know athletes right now that during their career, A-level athletes, like we're talking World Series champions, NFL, like, you know, cup stuff, okay? that during their career traveled around and women throw themselves at them. They just do. And every once in a while, they stepped out and they had some fun. When the women found out after they retired, they usually wait till after they retired so they can get the maximum benefits depending on what state they live in. But after they retired, they wait and then they divorce them. You cheated on me. Because they think the way that they cheat is the way he's cheating. Like he loves her. He wants to be with her. He's choosing her over her instead and resources and protection and all this sort of stuff is going to go over here, right? So because women betray, they think that's a betrayal, not just exercise, not just a little bit of side action. They think that that betrayal is exactly how they behave. They apply their thinking, their logic to him. And these women are the most selfish women on the planet. I'm telling you right now, disgusting. They disgust me when they tear apart families, when these men want to be with their children and love their family. Oh, well, the why, the why do they step out? That's wrong. They shouldn't do that. If they weren't world-class athletes chasing excellence, putting a massive dent in the universe with stadiums filled with millions of people cheering them on, if they became fat, incompetent losers, sitting at home, they couldn't hold down a job, these same women would leave those exact same men and go and bang somebody else. Are you unplugging and seeing the code in the matrix? Men and women are very different in how we operate. And this is just one example out of dozens upon dozens that I could present to you that define the differences between cheating and betrayal with men and women. <sighs> Let me grab a drink of water here. All right, what are we at? 8.30. Close a few of these. So I've got a few more notes here. 
and cover a difference between cheating and betrayal. Any questions, you can bring those on the call-in line or super chat them or whatever. Another thing that I'm going to bring up is the notion of uh, gaslighting. Um, there's a guy that dropped this here. Okay, so I'm going to read you the story. They say that when you point your finger at somebody, there's always three pointing back. So this is a interesting story. A warning, maybe? I don't know. Let me put it up on the screen for you. Uh, nope. Yep, there it is. So this guy left this comment on the community tab of the Entrepreneurs and Cars page. I'll just read it to you. It says, I dated this one woman in my early 20s, absolutely fell in love with her. On the fourth year of dating, she started accusing me of cheating. It was very stressful because I wasn't. How many of you guys have dated a chick and she started accusing you of cheating, pointing the finger at you? Remember, when somebody does this, there's three fingers pointing back at them, okay? It was stressful because I wasn't. If you're not doing anything and she's accusing you of doing something, I would start digging through some shit and getting ready to untie this relationship. Just saying. She then broke up by text. That's when I learned what heartbreak was. It's an awful feeling when you go there the first time. I'm going to explain why women get over heartbreak a lot faster than men to after I read this. Anyways, come to find out the months after one of her female friends who liked me started telling me everything that was going on with my ex. The interesting thing about evidence, I learned this in a lawsuit. One, one of the first lawsuits that I got involved with that I had to deal with, uh, I don't know, 20 years ago maybe or something like that. My lawyer said at the time, evidence always has a find a way, always finds a way of coming to you for the most part. Evidence always finds a way of coming to you. So if anybody's ever crossed you, pissed down your back and told you it's raining, the evidence will probably come your way. You generally don't have to go looking for it. This is what happened to this guy. Uh, female friends who like me started telling me everything. Apparently, she had started seeing some other guy a month before dumping me. Shocking, right? For context, he was older and had more money than me at the time. Shocking, right? Monkey branches up to a better guy. This is the betrayal that women do. She deceives this guy for, it says a month, it could have been longer. She deceives this guy for a period of time while she's checking out the other guy that she's trying to monkey branch to that's more influential, that's richer. Again, betrayal, cheating, very different things. Uh, started telling me everything was going. So she's obviously seeing this guy. They're dating. They're going out. They're, you know, they're forming a romantic bond. Again, women form these bonds. Men don't need to. That's, that's why men can spin plates and they don't have any emotional attachment issues. Whereas when women do it, they have huge issues with it, right? Uh, everything. Apparently, she started seeing some other guy. Da, da, da. But the guy was actually married with a kid my ex didn't know. The wife of the guy came to my ex's place, she still lived with her mother, and confronted her. About three weeks passed by, and the ex calls me thinking that she does, that he doesn't know what happened. She tried to get back with me. I'm not going to lie, I did smash a couple times, but realized I wasn't looking for a relationship after that. She asked me, what are we? I started laughing and said, I don't know, friends. She said, friends don't bang. I said, I don't know, what do you want me to tell you? We were together once as a couple, and couples don't bang outside of the relationship. That's why you cannot forgive a woman if she steps out on you. You just can't. She formed a bond with a guy that she thought was better than you. And now she wants to come back and reconcile? Have some dignity, man. I started laughing. Okay. Started crying. I honestly felt bad in my mind. I couldn't understand how she thought we were going to go back to a relationship after what she did. This is the 
this is the mental retardation. Okay. Like this is, this is the level of delusion that women operate within is they think that they can go and cheat on you with a married dude. Like she didn't know, right? Cheat on you with a married dude. That doesn't work out. And then try to come back to you and be like, well, I'm really sorry. You know, I think I made a mistake. I'd like to come back to you. Not knowing what it is that she did, right? I thought she knew. She stopped talking. Sorry. So I stopped talking to her as much as I could. Then her friends started to call me to get back with her. I told them that she did. She did some. Did I told them what she did? Some didn't know. Okay. I finally seen her one last time where she was looking for a relationship, and I said, "Okay, that's cool. Best of luck." <laughs> she said she wanted to be with me. I said I couldn't do that in the future. Appreciate the person that loves her. Blah blah blah. Okay. Apparently she didn't learn that because a couple of years later she called me from an unknown number late at night saying she was going to get married. But if there's a chance between me and her, she would take it. Oh my god. What up? Three hundred four garden tools. Right. Saying she was going to get married. There's a chance between. See, women do this routinely. They routinely do this. There's a notion in bachelorette parties called the dancing bear. Look it up. It is not a myth. It is not an urban legend. I had a male stripper on one time uh, for a 90-minute podcast. You can you can tr- dig through my podcast history. I'm sure you can find it. And he did the whole dancing bear routine. And all that really means is you go to a bachelorette party where they're getting ready for the wedding in the next few days. All the gals get together. You know, you think that they're going to get their nails done or some shit. If there's strippers there, the dancing bear happens. And this is when the the stripper will bang your fiance before she gets married to you. This is how women are. This is how nefarious things can get. Okay. Again, I'm only speaking from experiences, people that I've talked to, people that have shared this sort of information. Anyway, so this chick said that she's going to get married. If there's a chance uh, she would take it. I told her. No, be happy. Enjoy your rest of life. Congratulations. I look back now and I dodge a massive bullet. These stories are everywhere, guys. They're all over the internet. They're all over the internet. Again, when a woman starts accusing you, you should start asking questions, especially if you're not doing anything. Really start asking some questions. Okay. Oh, why women get over breakups faster. Let's deal with that next. All right. So have you heard of the notion of war brides? I talked about it in my book. Guys, if you haven't read The Unplugged Alpha, the second edition is available. It's a great holiday gift for family and friends. It really is. The language has been cleaned up and and still able to deliver a strong message to wake people up. But the language has been cleaned up so it's not as harsh for people that get easily rubbed the wrong way by cold hard truce. They're still cold hard truce. They're just a little bit warmer cold hard truce. Anyway, the second edition is out there. So the notion of war brides is a phenomenon that's been observed throughout history uh, when conquering armies will roll in, they'll acquire whatever they want, the horse, the oxen, fighting you know material they'll take the men and the boys of fighting age and they'll put them either in slavery or they'll kill them off the women and the girls are preserved as war brides and they very very comfortably move from their tribe let's just say 
Lothar of the Hill People is running a tribe with a hundred uh, villagers on the hill, Lothar's Hill. And the Romans come in. Doesn't matter if it's the Romans, if it's the Vikings, if it's the Greeks, if it's the Persians, if it's the Ottomans, doesn't matter what empire it was, Lothar the Hill People is now either dead or put in slavery, and so are his brothers, his cousins, and his sons. So what's left now? The women and the girls. What do you think the warring army did with all the women and girls? They made them their brides, and they had babies with them, right? Because women had value to them, right? And what interestingly happened was all of these women would warmly embrace their conquerors, which you'd think is counterproductive and absolutely crazy, but it's happened over and over again throughout history. Um, as recently as World War II, there's accounts of French, Dutch, um, all of these women, as the German armies rolled into their countries, um, the men went into hiding because they were either going to get killed or put into slavery camps. Uh, so they'd go in the sewers or they'd go and hide or whatever. The men would basically disappear and the women would now embrace their conquerors and they would sleep with them and have children with them. One of the things that the Dutch did, I think it was a Dutch, um, after World War II ended, was they marched all the women that betrayed the Dutch people and, was, and were banging the German soldiers. They marched them into the city squares and they shaved their heads to embarrass them, right? Because they behaved as war brides. So the notion of war brides exists and has existed throughout history. It didn't even matter if it was you know, 250,000 years ago. Go back a million years ago. And some random half monkey, half human evolving through, you know, history uh, dies when he's out hunting saber-toothed tigers or mammoths or, or giant cave bears and doesn't come back. Well, what do you think, his, you know, his woman or women in the tribe or the village had to do then? She had to find the next guy. So she would just monkey branch over to the next guy and forget about, you know, the dude that got slaughtered by the saber-toothed tiger, you know, quick enough. And that's why women can move on faster than men. Men suffer. Like I, man, look, I've I've suffered. I've seen lots of men suffer. I've heard women go, it's so painful and it hurts and you don't understand. No, you don't understand what men go through when they are betrayed by a woman that they invest in, their heart, their soul, their blood, their sweat, and their tears. Women will never understand the sacrifices that men make for them. They just won't. Men don't expect them to. It's cool. Feature, not a bug. That's why women survive. That's why women, you know, are able to move from dude to dude. She's widowed. Dude dies from her saber-toothed tiger war and tribe. Doesn't matter what happened, you know, whatever it happens to be, she's able to move on and move on quickly. Women are very good at it. They're adapted to it. Men, not so much. We would we would usually die or just suffer like bitches, you know, essentially. So that's why you see women get over breakups a lot faster. So as hurt as they are and in their feelings at the time, that's right. That's how they feel. They have no comprehension whatsoever because they're solipsism. They can't see the male experience. I can see both the male and the female experience. I don't know, maybe with the exception of Esther Perel, I don't know any woman that I've seen speak on these matters, speak with the level of conviction and empathy and understanding uh, that exists in, in knowing the differences between how men and women behave when it comes to cheating and stepping out and betrayal and all that sort of stuff. So again, that's why women get over it a lot faster than men. They've, they've just adapted to, like they had to. They couldn't sit there and sulk like a little bitch. I've seen men. I've seen men take a year not sleeping properly, curled up in a little ball, crying like a little bitch, like hoping that things will 
come back or they can find some way to rekindle or whatever. Um, it's, it's, it's sad. Like it's, it's, it's sad. It's pathetic. I've done it too. Um, so I'm not sitting there pointing fingers saying, you know, it's just you guys, we've all done it. You know, we've all done it, especially when you're plugged in, like when you're plugged into comforting lies and society's bullshit, you, you know, we all do it. All of us. Um, let me get a couple of these super chats and I got a few more things in my notes that I'm going to get to. Then I'll do the call-ins guys. Can you give uh, a thumbs up, a like on this? Uh, it just helps out with the algorithms. Dude here says, how do you raise a daughter not to be like the three or four lifestyle when she, when the divorce mom is pushing that life, getting tats and running around, she's now free. It's cowboy. Um, it's impossible. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Um, you can only affect the change that you can in the time that you have with your kid. Um, your daughter will be with her mom. Her mom wants to get tatted up and run around and bang a bunch of dudes and bring different guys home every, every few months. Um, there's not much that you can do about it. Um, if she's got a screen, if she's got a phone in her hand, she has access to more information than what the president of the United States had in the 1960s. She has access to anything she wants in that phone. Um, so if you want to protect your kids from becoming three or fours, you need to find a woman that subscribes completely to your exact uh, thinking, homeschool the kid, keep screens out of their hands, uh, don't let their minds get polluted by the toxic culture narratives, uh, that they keep cramming down everybody's throats with rainbows and pronouns and inclusivity and all this sort of stuff that like, you know, there's a point where it's like, I don't have a solution for that one, man. I just don't. It's just like one of those things that the solution really is just surrendering. It's, it's like, do the best that you can and, you know, surrender to what you can't control. Um, but this is why it's incredibly important. I keep reminding you guys of this. It's incredibly important to, if, if you're going to have kids, do it in a way that minimizes all the risk. Okay. Um, I've got lots of videos on this stuff. Uh, War brides is a hard pill, pill to swallow for men today. Monogamy ideas get in the way. Yeah. Again, we're not we're not monogamous as you know animals are in the animal kingdom. Animals mate for life. If your girl has been with more than just you, she can't be barking at you about monogamy. I'm monogamous. I'm just a monogamous person, and I only want to be with one person. Really. Really, because, you know, you've banged like a dozen dudes, right? So you're all of a sudden now monogamous just to me, like we're going to be together forever. Think about it, right? Think about it. Uh, got a couple more super chats here. Thank you very much. Let me get the other notes I've put in here. So I had a few other questions. One of the ones that popped up, dude said, what's the best way to protect yourself? I'm assuming from her stepping out, how to dominate the situation and be able to move on quickly to the next one. I'll take this in two questions. So what's the best way to protect yourself? What is the best way to protect yourself from a woman stepping out on you? You really can't. You really can't. Uh, there's no, like there's death and taxes. I can assure you of death of death and taxes. Let's use the word probabilities. Um, you know, the word that I've heard George Gammon use a lot. Let's use probabilities. There's probabilities. If you're a bum, if you're incompetent, if you're insignificant, if you can't hold a job, if you're like, if you do nothing but sit around and watch sports 247 with Cheeto dust on your clothes, getting fat, doing nothing with her or the kids or any of that stuff, and she improves, she becomes uh, like a better version of herself. She's sexy, you know, she just lost all the baby weight. Uh, she now has a job of her own. She's making loads of money, making more money than you, perhaps. Women will untie the knot. Okay. So, 
the probability is high if she is better than you, you know, if she can do better than you, if she has options, right? So there's that too. Like, um, I've seen miserable people stay together in a marriage um, and she won't leave the guy because she's, she's just a wreck. She's just a wreck. She's not good looking. She's just a slob, out of shape, uh, unattractive. Like she's not going to do better than the guy that's, you know, locking himself in a bedroom, depressed all the time, right? Because she has to have options, you know, she just can't leave. You know, she's got to have options. Um, so there's that. Uh, the second part to that is, so, sorry, let's finish up with the probabilities. So be the best version of yourself. That's all that it boils down to. Be as influential, as competent, uh, have good game, make lots of money, uh, you know, have an interesting life, have a good social network. Um, you know, basically men want to be you and women want to bang you. Um, you put yourself in that position, you can hit the road running, right? Um, even if you have chosen to be monogamous to her and only be with her and she steps out on you, yeah, it's going to hurt you for a little bit, but in a week or two, go find a couple of 25-year-old twins, tie them up in your bedroom and have some fun, right? Uh, Reindulge. Uh, that's how you move on quickly. So his question was how to dominate the situation, be able to move on quickly to the next one. It's just having options. And the only way that you're going to have options and be able to move on is if you're a top shelf guy, because then you look at it like dummy and then you move on, right? Because you're a top shelf guy. Maybe she got duped by some loser. Maybe she thought the other guy was better than you and he turned out to be married or something like that. Who the hell knows? Does it matter? No, none of those things matter. Um, so next guy said, it's a very relatable topic because cheating from a trusted woman demolishes a man's ego. Absolutely. And given the state and dangers his life. So women can manipulate the state. So I'm going to be talking tomorrow about Brian Johnson's $9 million lawsuit. Again, I mentioned this at the start. It's on the Entrepreneurs and Cars channel. I'll be on it live at 1030, talking about that a little bit. Uh, most men in the West don't know what's at stake. Your idea of love, of a mate, and ability to love. You have no idea. Most guys have no idea. Most guys are plugged in betas, all drunk on the Kool-Aid, happy wife, happy life, you know, till death do us part. I love her. She touched my peepee. She's never going to leave me sort of thing. Most guys are like their heads buried in the sand. And then your freedom and your properties. And that's what women cheating will do to you. Right. That's what they'll do. There's there's women today that were married to top shelf men. They're getting alimony that even though they're with a new guy that they love and they want to marry, they won't marry them because they're getting more money in alimony being unmarried. So as soon as they marry the new guy, they lose that alimony. In some cases, it's $20,000, $40,000 a month. Why would they give up twenty dollars to $40,000 a month or more to marry some guy that they happen to like a lot when he can't provide her that monthly income? It's heinous. It's heinous. It's evil that women can do that, right? But that's family law. That's how it works. Um, is it possible to keep the relationship alive when a partner cheats, but apologize afterwards? That's a yes and no answer. I'm going to say no. If a woman steps out because it's betrayal, I'm going to say yes. If a man cheats, because it can just be exercise unless he falls in love with her and starts treating her, uh, like a girlfriend, uh, you know, like a wife taking vacations. Um, the key thing that usually causes problems is if she's biblically embarrassed random woman 
Um, I don't know if you guys saw Vikings, right? But there was a scene where Ragnar Lothbrook ends up going to another town, bangs this chick, this prince, uh, this uh, princess or whatever. Um, you know, she basically rapes him essentially. But anyway, bangs her. She ends up getting pregnant. He doesn't know. He leaves. Uh, goes back to uh, was Katakata or whatever to his um, to his blonde wife, and you know this woman shows up later with his baby. Uh, the embarrassment is something that women can't do, so you can't embarrass her, right? Don't bring home a disease. Don't embarrass her. Uh, don't don't treat her like a girlfriend. Those are usually the main things. It's just treat it like exercise. Treat it like variety. That's it. Um, so some women don't like that. Fine, you know. That's a boundary that they set. If they if they want to bounce on a good guy that's you know stepped out and still loves you and wants to maintain something, that's fine for them. You know they can do it. Um, I don't think men should take women back if they step out. I think that the betrayal, uh, once you understand what it is and the significance of it, is too much to ever get over again. Uh, I've seen people try to do it. I think I tried to do it at least once. Um, it never works out. It never works out. So. You know, that old notion that comes from, um, you know, the red pill where they say, um, you know, never, never take an X back. It's like, uh, you know, going to the curb and like, uh, you know, rummaging through your garbage pile sort of thing. People see you do it. It, it never works. And what you think has value really doesn't have any value because you can always do better. Like there's so many other women out there um, that will see you as your best option that will lust for you, that will have genuine burning desire. Um continuously, you know, without any phase. Um, so there's that. Uh, duh, duh, duh. How to set boundaries with stuff like male friends, work friends, girls night out without being controlling possessive. So this is something that you have to deal with early on. You can't deal with this. I mean, here's, you know, here's a big problem. People, guys will go through five, 10 years of a relationship. Things aren't going well. They come to my shit and they're like, oh, she's got male friends. Oh, she goes out for dinner with work with a work husband. Oh, she's going to Vegas for a girls' night, you know, like weekend, or she's going out like every you know couple months for a girls' night out or some stuff and getting all dressed up. Huh. I'm starting to understand what's going on. How do I correct this behavior? It's very hard. You're gonna have a hard time setting boundaries with a chick that's walked all over you for five to ten years, and you all of a sudden want to do like, well, I don't take women seriously that have male friends. Very easy to do when you're dating. If you're spinning plates, you know, you're looking for a girlfriend, let's say, the strategy really is date a bunch of women simultaneously in a non-monogamous fashion, have your fun, let the cream rise to the top. The cream will be the one that comes to you or the ones that come to you and say, Rich, where do we stand? I dig your vibe. I want to claim you. I don't want to share you. Where's this going? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's when you do the awesome. Uh, but I have to tell you this. I can't take a chick seriously that keeps male friends around. I mean, you know, I can't have you going out to dinner with your ex-fiance from two years ago because you're just friends, right? Because nobody fucks more wives and girlfriends than he's just a friend. So, yeah, you need to set those boundaries. You need to set the boundaries around uh, girls' night outs, you know, stuff like that. Girls' night, turn it into a coffee in the morning. Go out with your girlfriends and have your coffee. But if your chick wants to go to Vegas or Nashville or Miami for a weekend or Cancun or Ibiza or Mykonos, you know, with her friends on a trip, then all you have to do is say early on, I don't take women seriously that, you know, go out with girlfriends and behave like they're single. I just don't. I'm, I'm, you know, like you want to claim me, you want a relationship with me, then there's this boundary around this relationship to preserve it and protect it. I can't have you betraying me. 
you know, is about the extent of what you need to say. That's it. But as far as, you know, dealing with them after you've been together for a while, very hard to do. So I wish you luck with that. It's, it's generally probably falling apart anyway. So when you start setting boundaries, she's not going to like it. Um, it's, it's not often that, you know, women will be like, well, I've walked all over this guy for seven years, but all of a sudden he's, you know, he doesn't want me to have male friends or I can't have a work husband or I can't go to Vegas, you know, with my friends, like once a year or some shit like that. You think she's going to modify her behavior for that guy that she's seen as a beta. All of a sudden he's trying to become an alpha male. No, probably not going to happen. Um, another one I got over here is, is an open relationship. So this is all in the description of the video, by the way. Is an open relationship marriage situation okay after a cheating or betrayal? Um, what usually ends up happening when these women open up the marriage or the relationship after cheating is they just go around fucking a bunch of dudes. And this guy now thinks that he's going to have some action, but it's very hard for guys to get laid. See, this is what people don't understand. They're like, well, if men can do it, why can't women do it too? How hard is it for a guy to get laid? It's not easy. It's not. You have to you have to be captivating. You have to have game. You have like you have to know something, right? Whereas women, she could literally walk up to any dude, say, I'm horny, let's bang. And the vast majority would be like, all right, where? Right? It's very, very easy for women. It's very difficult for guys, especially dorks that have been betrayed by a woman. They're self-confident, you know, is now in the toilet. Um, they don't have a strong opinion of themselves. She's now got like a hall pass to do whatever the hell she wants. So she's running around getting a train run on her. You're probably not even sleeping with her anymore. And you're just the guy paying all the bills. Maybe babysitting the kids while she goes out salsa dancing with her friends, banging Jorge in the bathroom or something like that, right? He goes on to say, as means of a strategy of working things out or just better to just be finished. Yeah, just be finished. Now, if you have kids, I mean, it's up to you. Like, I'll be absolutely honest with you. It's it's terrible when parents uh, part ways and the kids uh, don't have access to both parents on a very frequent basis. So some people stay together for the kids uh, and then they'll just have, um, you know, a boyfriend and, you know, he'll have a girlfriend sort of thing and they just sort of like share the house. That's one way that I've seen some people do it. Having children together is a recent example to try and work things out. Um, look. Not if she's banging other dudes. Because again, women can't, I mean, they do it. It's not that they can't do it, but women can't indiscrim indiscriminately share their bodies with loads of dudes. A little piece of her soul dies off when she does this, right? Um, it's just not good. It's not good, right? You know, people get mad at me. They say, well, Rich, will you encourage guys to indulge? Well, yeah. Women aren't <laughs> pure anymore, right? What? You, I'm going to tell guys to sit around and, and, you know, pick their nose and not do anything and not indulge or not participate. Women have been doing it forever, right? Now, you can decide what you want to do if you want to find somebody, you know, young and pure, if you want to have a family. There's lots of options, you know, to contemplate and stuff like that. But no, you know, to this guy's point about an open relationship or an open marriage, I mean... It's usually her going out on the weekend banging alphas while you're sitting around doing nothing, watching sports or playing video games or something. If that's your thing, have fun. You know, if that's your thing, do it. It's up to you. Um, let's see what else we got is you. 
Man, you guys are throwing a lot of stuff in the chat here. Oh, hang on. Tim's got something here for us. He said, hey, Rich, I'm a big fan. And uh, can you talk a bit about when women cheat because they want revenge because you were not faithful? Do women cheat even if you're her best option? That's a very good point. Um, there's a book. So if this topic interests you, there's a book called Why Women Have Sex. Um, it was authored by, I can't remember the chick's name, but David Buss was a co-author. David Buss is one of the most well-researched when it comes to Evo Psych. Um, he's got lots of good books out there, lots of good research papers. This does happen. Uh, women do have sex to get even with a guy if he steps out. But again, it's not the same thing. Usually when women are doing this, they're stepping out and it's somebody that they had an interest in, but they didn't act on before. I'll tell you how, generally speaking, you know, if even though she's committed to you, okay, like you're in a relationship, you're married, your boyfriend, girlfriend, this is, this is where you start to notice things. This is where you have to start asking questions, okay? Genuine burning desire. As I talked about in my book here, it's in one of the chapters, uh, essentially translates into lust. Okay, that's having a song, a strong sexual uh, pull, you know, for a uh, a guy. You know, when it comes from a, a woman in this instance, if the if the genuine desire has started to deteriorate, water down, become far less frequent, or even less frequent, if lust has turned into lustlessness, okay, um, then that attention that she once had for you, that energy. It still exists in her, right? Um, women will tell stories about their marriage, having, having to have sex, having to get, give starfish sex to their husband, and then going to the bathroom and crying afterwards about it because they hated it so much. And then after they get divorced, they're so enthusiastic, you would never believe that story. You would never believe that she actually did that in, her, in the past to her husband when she's giving you her absolute very best. It's unbelievable. It's like mind-blown shit when women do that to a husband, a guy that's committed to her, paid for everything, given her children, you know, vows till death do us part, and she goes to the bathroom and cries because she has so low interest in her in him. The desire has waned. Never let it get to the point, guys, where lust turns into lustlessness, where genuine burning desire turns into maybe just kind of desire, right? If you start to see the writing on the wall, deal with it. Don't let it slip. Don't let it slide. Deal with it, right? Um, so there's that. So yes, women will do that if they uh, want to exact re revenge, but keep in mind they're forming a connection. It's not just revenge. It's not just exercise. You can Again, guys can spin plates and not form a bond. Women, they usually don't like sleep with seven, eight guys or dudes at the same time, right? Men are very more than capable of doing that when they're in a dating phase. Women can't. They might do one or two or maybe one in the next week, number two, and then next week, number three sort of thing. Like they go from one to the other to the other, but they're generally not doing simultaneously or moving back and forth because they start to form connections. Like one of the things that guys will start to notice is, if you're like, if you got good bedroom game dudes and guys that have good bedroom game know this, um, she will form a strong connection to you. 
Like she will, um, I don't know if imprint is probably the best word. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but she will form a strong connection to you if you're that good in the bedroom, right? She will have that strong desire. She'll have the lust for you. Again, keep an eye out for lust turning into lustlessness. If you see holes, if you see patterns where lust is turning into lustlessness, if genuine burning desire is just turning into eh desire, start to ask some questions, right? Um, let's see what else we got here. Dude says, Miguel, I am going out with this girl that I really like. How do I prevent? How do I prevent of falling in love with her since I'm afraid she will eventually leave cheat? Ah, uh, dude, you're asking the wrong question. You're you're like your question should be, how do I make seven figures? How do I become more significant? How do I do more interesting things? How do I become more captivating? You know, if if you're leading with the fear of a chick le leaving you or leading with how do I prevent myself from falling in love? um you're gonna get destroyed dude you're it's it's just it's just gonna come at you and it's gonna come at you hard like a frying pan to your forehead and when it hits you it's just gonna be like a whack so um i'd not be worrying about women right now this is why i keep telling guys chase excellence not women if you're a man that's on the top shelf if you're in the top one percent if you're that guy anywhere close to that even you will be just fine you will have options you will be able to move on right um one of the reasons why they tell men uh, to not settle for one woman, I mean, this is a very interesting concept, right? You know, so the notion that guys get hurt, like you're starting to see it now. There's a lot of, you know, the comments here, like, how do you, how do I protect myself? How do I prevent myself from getting hurt? How do I not fall in love with her? See, it's it hurts guys way more than what it hurts women. And women will never understand this. They just don't, right? So when, ladies, when you betray a guy, you fucking destroy him. He's fucked. He's destroyed, especially if he's head over heels for you. He's invested in you. Guys, you step out. Women are thinking that you're doing the exact same thing that they do when they do it, which is forming an emotional connection. That's why they get pissed off at you, right? You can go do your exercise and come back and still love your family, but she could lose her mind, right? She could divorce you. She could take your kids. She could take your alimony for the next 20 years right? She could take half of all your shit, right? So hell hath no fury like a woman scorn, you know, as they say. So yeah, work on yourself, chase excellence, not women. Um, I'm going to take a break, run the ad reel, and I've got some people that are uh, looking to ask a question. So let me just stop the screen here and we'll take the call-ins in a second. All right, minimize that. Boom, boom, boom. And here we go. I'll be back in like a minute and a half. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplements and Grondike Soap Company. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplements. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China and plastic bottles, mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible, bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option 
to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code ALPHA10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Then, I use Tactical Soap and God of War beard oil every day. Tactical Soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top YouTube comment of all my videos. Now let's get on with the show. Before I start taking the call-ins, I should mention um, we've got some, we've got a very, very strong promotion on right now on the supplement line. Um, let me just put it up on the screen real quick here. So if you go to the website right now, we just updated it today, the unpluggedalpha.com. Um, if you order, if you put more than $200 in your cart, uh, you'll get a free whey protein. Um, I think there's 60 left or something like that, 50 or 60 left. So when we're sold out, we're sold out. Um, what's the value of the way? It's 60 bucks. Uh, these guys, these products are all phenomenal. They're all phenomenal. They're, they're all methylated. The absorption rates are huge. They're, they're very, very high quality products. Um, if you're training, which you should be, and you're working out, which I hope you are, you should be taking supplementation to optimize your strength and your conditioning. Um, so they're all there. They're all broken down exactly what's for what and in different categories. So if you want to, you know, filter by testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, muscle building, protein, all that stuff, then go do it. Um, but that offer, I don't know, it'll probably last a few weeks, but the offer will run as long as we have the inventory on the alpha whey protein. So go take advantage of that. Throw 200 bucks in your cart and you'll get a free whey protein along with it. Um, all right, let's do this here. Let's take, uh, I got Daniel, Andy, Chelsea, Victor. Okay, let's do, we got a Chelsea. Let's give Chelsea a, a stab at this, see what we got here. All right, Chelsea, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. I am just wondering what is the most gentle way to ask a guy to shave his head? Stop holding on to scraps, dude. You look better with a shaved head. Ooh. All right. That's what I would say, but I'm not dating guys, so. <laughs> he's got a good beard. Like, he's a stud. He looks much younger, but once he takes his hat off, he, uh, yeah. Why don't, you, why don't you point to a, a Hollywood icon that he might admire? The Rock, Vin Diesel, somebody that looks strong and masculine. He would look like Andrew Tate if he shaved his head. There you go. So show him a picture a of G. Say this guy's the G. Why don't you do this? I dig all it. All right. Try it out. Awesome. That's all, all she right. wrote. Thank you. Okay. Have a good night. All right. Let's do Daniel here. What's up, buddy? Daniel. Hey, how's it going, man? Good. What do you got for me tonight? So I want to get your take on a betrayal that I recently just dealt with. Um, okay. I was supposed to get married uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving. And a backstory, uh, my ex-fiance uh, had a friendship with a guy that she's known since high school and she told me that um, they had some fun in high school, but mm -hmm. they've just maintained friendship ever since. Mm -hmm. And a week before the wedding, I found uh, um, messages between her and her 
friends uh, that were before we were together, but after she got divorced, mm -hmm. uh, bragging that him and her and this guy had been sexually active. Uh, and I put two and two together. She, she, she didn't want to admit to anything, but apparently uh, she slept with him after her divorce from her cheating husband while mm -hmm. he was still married. Mm -hmm. And she didn't, she has yet to actually cop to any of this, uh, mm -hmm. but suffice it to say, we're not getting married. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious as to your take on the dynamics here. Um, and y yes, there was red flags, obviously, because there was that relationship. And I wanted to believe that it was as benign as she claimed it to be. But she played me good and gaslit me the entire time. So, yeah. Um, so what's the ask here? What's the question? I'm just looking for your just for your assessment take on it. I mean, at, at the end of the day, you know, you talk about not having male friends. It yeah. sounds like there's a connectivity here that even if she says, because her excuse was, if I'm not fucking him now and it happened in the past, what does it matter? That was her exact uh, response. Yeah. So I'm just looking for an assessment. I mean, they always do the, oh, you're insecure. Don't be controlling. You know, I'm a modern woman, blah, 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 sort of stuff. And it's like the, the best approach is to never try to use reason and logic with a woman. Women never like to let reason and logic get in the way of their emotions and how they feel, right? They just don't see things the way that you see it. Again, women are solipsistic, so they have a hard time seeing past their own nose. It's a feature. It's not a bug. That's why they. That's why the human races survive, blah, blah, blah. The best way to handle is just, look, Becky, I dig your vibe too, and I want to be with you, but I can't take a woman seriously that keeps men from her past around. That's it. That's that, that's all you need to say. That's all you need to do to say it to enforce that boundary. Now, if she's going to keep hanging out with a guy, if she's going to point and sputter at you, make fun of you, uh, call you names, you're insecure. Why can't you be more of a man? Da, 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 da. It's like, go, go have fun with Joe. See you later. Bye. And well, then the one go and replace her. But the problem that guys have is they is they have difficulty with the replacing part. They get too attached you know, to a, a chick, too ego invested in her, in the relationship. And then you make concessions. You're like, well, I'll just make it. I'll just make one exception for this guy. Right. Because she says this, right. It doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's your boundary. Women need to conform to your boundaries. She wants to look up to a giant. She wants to be with a guy that can lead the relationship. And this is part of you setting the boundaries. It's not controlling. It's not possessive. It's protecting the integrity of the relationship. You don't want her to step out. I'm not going to go and park my nice car in a shitty neighborhood and hope that it's going to be fine. There is a strong probability that something could happen if I park my nice car in a shitty neighborhood. Same thing happens. Like there's a strong pop probability if your girl hangs out with guys that she used to bang from her past. There's a strong probability something bad is going to happen if your girl goes to Vegas for the weekend with her girlfriends for her birthday or her 40th or her divorce party or whatever the event happens to be. So there's just these probabilities that exist. You want to remove the probabilities by setting the boundaries because you love her and you care for her. Well, the, the betrayal aspect of this, you know, not, not necessarily come from the fact that she, you know, gaslit me the whole time. When I confronted her about what I found out and what I suspected, she basically, the loyalty she has for this guy transcended anything that we had and she refused yeah. to even cop to anything. So to me, it tells me there's a connectivity there yeah. that is unresolved. And look, man, like you got to have some dignity for yourself as a man. And if she's not going to choose you, yeah. right, then let her hang out with the other guy. Fuck yep. it. Who cares? Right. Like, well, suffice to say, we're not getting married. So. <laughs> right. So, I mean, like that way you just, you know, you, you just give yourself a good stare down in the mirror and you talk to that guy looking back at you. 
And then you go and do whatever work that needs to be done on yourself, lift the weights, make more money, become more influential, like whatever those things happen to be that are forcing you to settle for a lower value woman, right? Because you're talking about red flags, women with loads of red flags. And again, by the way, guys, if you're new to the channel, if you don't want to get the book, get the red flag chapter, it's free on my email list. If you're unfamiliar with red flags, get them through your head, understand them. When you see them, you don't want to invite a chick like that in your life. You don't want to make those concessions. The only guys that make concessions and look past the red flags are guys that don't have the options, right? So just let her go. Done. There is a there is a calling for you to be better. That's awesome. what that Appreciate is. Appreciate you, man. All right, man. See you, yeah. Dan. Bye. All right. Link to call in is uh, pinned up in the live chat on the YouTube guys. Uh, go hit it and come on in. Uh, let's give Andy a shot over here. We got Victor as well. Andy, what's up, buddy? Rich, what's happening, brother? Good. What do you got for me tonight? Hey, I just wanted to contribute something small to tonight's show. Uh, any guys that are watching this, that have seen this, or are going to, I'm sorry, are going to see it in the future, take it from me. If this happens to you in your marriage, especially if there's a marriage with kids and you've been married for a long time, gentlemen, do not take this stuff personally. Hypergamy is real. It is undefeated, and it will win every single time. If she has a better deal or a perceived bigger, better deal, she's gone. I made the mistake that a lot of guys make, and I took that so personally. I was I was the guy, I was the blue-pilled alpha that did everything right, everything society told me to do, you know, to be a good guy and do the right thing, and everything will work out. Nice guys get destroyed. And when I got when I when I went through it five years ago, I was sitting there like flabbergasted, like, why did this happen? How could this have happened? How? I did everything I was supposed to do. I was a great guy. She cheated on me and, and left. Mm -hmm. And gentlemen, they do not care how bad you're hurting. Uh, they're not going to empathize with you. You could be clinging to life in zero degree weather. They don't care. So mm -hmm. work on not taking that so personally. You, more than likely, you guys did nothing wrong. It's just she got bored with you and checked out. It happens all the time. Rich yep. talked about pro athletes earlier in this show. I mean, for gosh sake, Tom Brady got dumped and cheated on. If it can happen to him, it can happen to it can happen to any one of us. Don't take that stuff personally, guys. I know yeah. it's tough. I know it hurts. I know it's things, but don't take that so personally. And that's all I wanted to contribute to the show, Rich. Thanks, Andy. Have Appreciate a good it. one. All right. So it's a good lesson. You know, it's a good monologue, guys. You know, don't take it personally. Another thing too is if you know a guy that's that's dealing with this kind of bullshit. Um, you know, reach out to him, send him a text. Hey man, how's everything going? Just want to check in, make sure everything's okay. Um, it's, it's tough for guys like men during difficult times when they've been betrayed, uh, you know, women step out, especially when they want to see it continue. Like I had this guy that, uh, worked for me years ago and, um, you know, his wife, uh, you know, she got a job, you know, he was taking care of everything for years until the, you know, kids were all like teenagers and, she got a job and she ended up meeting some guy on the job that, you know, tickled her fancy, you know, tatted up, uh, alpha type of looking dude. And, um, you know, she stepped out on him and, um, he was, this guy was distracted to the, like the earth's end. He ended up dying a few years later. Like, like the stress that it, that it created on his body, on his, on his heart, on his cardiovascular system, the stress that he went through, he lost huge amounts of weight, got sick. Um, like he was a former shell of himself. Reach out to guys that you know that are in a situation like this. Just check up on them. Make sure they're okay. 
Um, you know, you want to make sure that they have an ear if they need it, you know, let them know that you're available if they need a place to stay or whatever, like do whatever you can, you know, to help guys out like this. Cause it's, it's tough. And you know, the only, uh, I mean, you know, you see these guys where they're, you know, they're just, they're just nice guys that get destroyed. They're just nice guys that are like, well, let's go to marriage counseling on, let me figure out your love language. And maybe if I do the dishes more and do more chore play and it's like, um, you know, like as an example, here, let me give you a real good example. Cause I put it out on Twitter today. Um, X Twitter X, whatever it is you want to call it. Um, where is it? I'll just read it to you. This guy was like, um, I didn't do enough for her. Where was it? Here it is. Uh, I'm 36, lost a good woman because I didn't do enough for her it is a title. I'm a 36 year old male and I lost a good woman because I didn't do enough for her in our relationship. I didn't know she was unhappy. She didn't communicate her feelings. We dated for almost four months. This is the four month, you know, dork. Anyway, I corrected it and I said, it's not that you didn't do enough. It's that you weren't enough in her eyes. That's what it boils down to. Um, that's why women leave you. That's guys. That's what it boils down to. If a woman leaves you, if she betrays you, if she's banging Kevin from sales, a pool boy, any one of those people in between, it's because she doesn't see you as enough. If she saw you as enough, she wouldn't, she wouldn't step out and go and betray, you know, the trust that you've given her. Right. And women do this. This is how women operate. Women are not like penguins or bald eagles or swans or freaking gibbons. They don't mate for life. They just don't. They, again, women prioritize the best that they can get. So if she doesn't deem you as the best that she can get, the radar turns on and she starts pinging other sources. And if she gets feedback from other sources that look favorable, you can expect her to entertain, uh, pursue, whatever, you know, contemplate those other options. If she has the option, if she has the opportunity to do it, right? Like if she's looked after herself, she's healthy, she's not a total train wreck in the head. Um, you know, there's a lot of outside factors. A lot of this stuff, like guys, it's not cut and dry. Like a lot of people misrepresent shit that I say. I'm like, well, you're just talking like black and whites. So there's, there's gray areas. Yeah. A lot of what I'm talking about isn't a puzzle with one piece. It's like when you take a puzzle box and you open it up and you throw it all over the table and there's a thousand pieces or a hundred pieces or whatever it happens to be. It is a puzzle with multiple pieces, okay? Multiple pieces. And it would take a long time to explain every possible combination and scenario. If you want to understand why women have sex, read the book, Why Women Have Sex. It is for multiple reasons across the board, throughout the spectrum. And by the way, women, they're not consistent... Not only are they not consistent throughout their lifetime, like almost all women go through a party phase. Almost all women go through a party phase. I've, uh, I mean, I don't know one woman that hasn't gone through a party phase, you know, to be honest with you. Maybe a younger chick that is, uh, that has strong, you know, religious convictions and, you know, her father set uh, good boundaries to preserve and protect her, uh, you know, her beauty and her purity and all that sort of stuff. Maybe. You know, there's, you know, situations like that. But even in, in those cases, we've seen some of these women get married young. They have, you know, four kids or something like that. And then by 37, they're like, I'm bored. He's a dork. I'm not interested in him. He's gotten fat. He doesn't keep down a job. I'm making more money than him. I'm just going to untie the knot and go out and see what's out there because I can do better because family law will take care of me. Right. So just understand that. Right. Like, again, women aren't swans. They aren't maters for life. They prioritize the best that they can do. 
So again, like I said earlier, if you see a lack of genuine burning desire, if you see some lustlessness, you should start asking some questions, right? Because there's there's a clock that's ticking down to the end of that relationship at some point. So don't let it blindside you. Pay attention. Uh, let me grab Victor here. Vic, what's up, buddy? Uh, much. How are you? Good. Uh, question uh, is uh, how you build your intuition. How do you build your intuition? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think it's one of those things like it's a muscle, right? And the more you train it, the more you use it, the better it gets. And when you're young, you don't usually trust it that often. Okay. I think that's part of the reason why boys break their bones way more than girls do. It's because we have to test shit. Like, you know, they say that boys like to throw rocks on the ice to see how strong it is, right? Like this is how boys sort of learn. So we have to sort of test ourselves, fall down, scrape ourselves. Chaos is good, you know, for males, you know, chaos is good for men. We need chaos to become stronger, to become better. Right. So as, as we pay attention to things and you hear a little voice, Hey, Rich, you know, you sure you want to do that? Uh, there's red flags over here. Like you, even if you don't know what the red flags are, your intuition saying something to you like, Hey Vic, is it really a good idea that she's having lunch once a month with a guy that she was engaged to two years ago and she was with him for 10 years fucking that guy? Like, is that, is that really a good idea? That's what your intuition gives you. And whether that's a discomfort in your gut, in your heart, in your chest somewhere, you can't sleep at night. That's your intuition. You have to learn how to listen to that. So it's a skill. It's something that you have to develop that you have to get good at. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It just, uh, sometimes it's kicking in, in random directions all the yeah. time. And you don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know, I can tell you this, like on a balance of probabilities, if your gut says something, I would listen to it. Sounds good. All right. See you, bud. All right. Uh, Got a super chat here from Aram it says, do you think the woman who make threesome with her boyfriend will cheat? And what do you think about these kind of women? Uh, depends. If she's having a menage a trois, so she's having a threesome with her boyfriend with another girl. No, she's just bi. Um, I think all women are bi actually, you know, if we're being honest, it's just some are bipolar, some are bisexual, but I think all women are actually bisexual. Um, it just, it just takes something out of them. Um, we, we've seen this throughout history. Women will adapt again, move from guy to guy, but they also form very strong connections and bonds with women. Uh, and they do develop into sexual connections a lot of the time too. So I think all women are actually bi. Some are just in denial. Um, will she cheat? Well, look, if she's, hey, I want to have a threesome with your best friend over there, Chad. Yeah, I'd be asking questions. I'd be asking questions because that's that's different. That's that's a different ball game than her bringing Becky into the bedroom and sending Becky home, right? Um, that can happen. Bye bye. See you later. But if she wants to bring your buddy Chad into the bedroom, nah. Get rid of her. That's my advice. Um. All right, let's do one more. I got uh, Greg and, oh, hang on. Let me grab the super and then we'll do Greg. Kevin says, um, Rich, I don't think this is in your red flag section, but look at her mother and how she treats her husband, boyfriends. Bad behavior will trickle down. Uh, she thinks how it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, I didn't 
explicitly state that in the chapter where it, look i could have made the red flag chapter an entire book you know for being honest i could have had a hundred red flags but um i think it's better just to whittle it down to the most important ones but yeah watch how watch so i'll tell you a quick story you know i think i've mentioned this before but i was dating this gal in my 20s and um her parents were stationed i'm using the word station but they were overseas uh on an education project let's just call it in a muslim country and the mom hated it because it's a muslim country and she didn't like how she was being treated because she was one of these feminists and then they came back here bought a place and that was when i met you know like mom and dad because i was dating her for a while at that time maybe six or seven months and she wanted to introduce me to her family fine and then we had to go over there to uh like a holiday event and they just bought this new house uh you know they'd moved into and there was a big ass boulder in the uh, backyard i'm not talking like a rock that you see like strong men pick up and they throw on a shelf like i'm talking a boulder right like the size of a big ass wheelbarrow like that like that kind of size and she comes marching into the um living room where me and her dad by the way are assembling some ikea shit and she announces, uh, I don't know what his name is, we'll say Bill. Bill, that rock there in the backyard, I need you to move it to the front yard. And I thought to myself, oh my God, is this going to be me? Is this what she's going to be like? Like, is this what my girlfriend's going to behave like when she gets older? And I think it's something that you should bet for. I really do. I think that you should pay attention to how mom treats dad. Um, it's ideal if they're still together. Cause then you can see that dynamic of, of course. Uh, but see how she treats dad. Like, does she run the guy? Does she tell him what to do all the time? Um, you know, is, is he, her, uh, accessory, like, you know, her bitch to do things. Um, I've even seen, seen daughters do this to their father, by the way, too. So, um, adult women, um, you know, when their fathers are older or retired, you know, perhaps, I've seen daughters run their father uh, to do all kinds of household chores for them um, over and over again. Yard chores, household chores, car chores, all kinds of stuff um, in an, an ungrateful way as well. That's the important part if it's ungrateful. So yeah, you definitely want to pay attention to that for sure, for sure. All right, let's grab Greg here and we'll wrap it up. Greg, what's up, buddy? How are you, Rich? Good. Talking to you from Australia. <laughs> Um, yeah, I kind of got a really weird one. Um, I have a coworker, uh, a female friend as a coworker okay. and, um, and I have to deal with her on a daily basis and I'm kind of looking for your advice on how I should, um, talk to her, how, how I should deal with the circumstance. So let me give you the background, the circumstances mm -hmm. that she's married. I'm married. She's married. Okay. Uh, and he uh, and and her, she has hit a, a classic hyperbole situation with her husband. He's beta male, stays at home, looks after their three kids, hasn't got a job. She's the breadwinner. Hmm. Um, she's ready to step out. She's telling me she's she's got all these romantic ideas about other blokes, and and I couldn't take it anymore and had to feel. I felt like I had to tell her hmm. that I really didn't like what she was doing to that bloke. I didn't, I wasn't on her team. Okay. And, it, and she hates me and I have to deal with her, uh, you know, as a coworker. Okay. 
I'm, I'm curious as to how you think I should feel about this because I'm actually quite hurt by the whole thing, but um, I'm also keen to hear how you think I might um, deal with her having having to have contact with her all the time. Do you guys work um, in the same area? Like, do you have daily contact? Yeah, absolutely daily contact many times yeah. a day. Yeah. That's yeah, tough because, you know, you went on team uh, man and, you know, you shared your thoughts and she doesn't like you for that now. So it's like, look. Definitely not. Again, hell, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. So she's going to try to make your life difficult. She's she's going to disparage yep. you to coworkers, to your, uh, you know, to your boss. Um, it's just part and parcel. It's 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 part of the consequences of you choosing team man. Um, uh, this is a this is a one month old situation, and she hasn't said a word to anybody. And I I do and she made me promise that I wouldn't say anything to anybody at work. Because mm -hmm. you can imagine that this is quite embarrassing to her, not to me, yeah. to her. So if it became known that she was messing up, you know. Okay, well, then now you've got guys. leverage. So now you've got some leverage. So why don't you just tell her to knock it off? Yeah. I suppose. Say, look, I'll keep my mouth shut, but knock it off, right? Like you're, you know, like enough's enough here. Okay. Did you end up telling him? Like, did you tell the um, husband or did you just? have a word with her about her no ideas. i thought that would be a, i actually thought that would be a really bad idea to mm -hmm. tell him and uh it, you know basically it's gonna it's gonna really mess things up like i didn't want it to go any further than than me just saying what i thought and yeah. that's it okay. and uh I, I know i know for a fact he would be deeply hurt if he found of course. out that she was. of course and and i didn't want to take the responsibility of being the person to deliver the message yeah uh, I would just tell her to knock it off to say, look, you know, you've asked me to keep this in, in confidence and now you're making my life difficult. What's it going to be? Stop it. Or, you know, we can make this public if you want. Yes. All right. That's Thank the way that I handle it. Yeah. All right, man. See you. Okay. Thank you. Ciao. See you. Man, guys, this is very, very common. Super, super common. Um, like I said, humans are not monogamous. Actually, here, before I wrap up, I, uh, I bookmarked some of the pages here in my book. So, so you have an understanding about monogamous primates, because I think it's really, really important to get your head around it. Um, we have, we share, I think it's something like 98% of the DNA with uh, bonobos, chimpanzees, our closest uh, primate relatives. Uh, we have more in common with those primates than the African elephant has with the Indian elephant, okay, to put that in, in perspective. So let me explain some of the differences in the male and female size differentials. So in harem-based primates, like gorillas, for example, because a gorilla does all of its fighting and has access to the rights of the female reproductive tract because he's a dominant alpha male, uh, you know, the silverback of that tribe. And that, that uh, keeps the uh, competition at bay. So he doesn't need to, um, like he's not worried about other males having sex with his females. Every single new baby, newborn that comes out of the females is always his because he has rights to them. So he doesn't need a specialized penis. In fact, gorillas have tiny dicks. They got tiny uh, nuts. They've got like nuts the size of kidney beans. Um, in harem-based primates like gorillas, where they own the reproductive rights, they have very specialized penises and testicles. 
um, because they fight off any of the competition and it never gets anywhere near. It's always been that way. It's always going to be that way with gorillas. That's how they operate. There's also size differences, huge size differences between non-monogamous primates. Gorillas are much, much bigger than uh, female male. Sorry, male sil silverbacks are much, much bigger than females. So where there's a big size differential in the primates, uh, they're usually non-monogamous. Uh, gorillas are more of harem run type of uh, primates where uh, they're the exact same size like gibbons. They're exactly the same size. Uh, and they mate for life, by the way. That was one of the um, animals that I was talking about in the mate for life um, monogamy bit, along with eagles, wolves, coyotes, all that sort of stuff, barn owls. <coughs> um, they're exactly the same size. So in primates where they're monogamous, they mate for life exactly the same size. Size differentials indicates a uh, non-monogamous uh, history which by the way is what humans are. Men are bigger than women um, by a significant margin, not like the size of a silverback gorilla versus the female gorillas, uh, but more in lines with bonobos and chimps, like male bonobos, male chimps. Uh, chimps more so are bigger than females than bonobos are. Um, so just a little heads up on the size differentials. The other thing was uh, penis and testicular size. So in non-monogamous primates, they have big nuts uh, relative to the size of their body. So bonobos and chimps, for example, bonobos have large nuts. They're about the size of a duck egg, apparently. Um, and they're not big primates. Like, I don't know, they're probably, let's say about waist height. They're probably about three or four feet high. Um, because all of the competition happens in the reproductive uh, track of the female. So the females just sleep with ev everybody, right? And then the sperm fight it out and then nobody knows what's what. So they're very non-monogamous, they're very you know promiscuous. One of the arguments that Christopher Ryan makes in his book, Sex at Dawn, is that we're more like bonobos than we are any other primate. Um, you can take that for what it's worth, um, but there's some interesting differences as you sort of evaluate all the details. So there's penis and te testicular size. Uh, primates that are monogamous or harem-based, they have very small nuts because they don't need to uh, compete because the female gibbon is monogamous to the male gibbon for life. She's not hypergamous. She doesn't prioritize what the best is that she can do. When she mates with a male gibbon, they mate for life. That's it. He dies, she dies, that's it. They don't mate with anybody else. They're monogamous for life. That's what true uh, monogamy looks like. Not the shit that we call monogamy here today. The shit that we have today is not monogamy. It's it's some bastardized version of that, right? Um, oh, female copulatory vo vocalization was another uh, point that I made in that chapter in the book. And <laughs> this one's going to wig you out. I mean, if you've read the book, you know what I'm going to tell you. But if you haven't, then you're going to get wigged out here. Um, women moaning loudly during intimacy, during during intercourse, is a calling to others, uh, you know, to let them know that she's good to go. Um, sure, she's enjoying you, but she's also calling to others. The reason why uh, this happens, which I find fascinating, is to eliminate the uh, potential for infanticide. Uh, so if you don't know this, um, when a male lion assumes a pride, he will kill off the offspring of the other uh, male lion that uh, preceded him. 
because he doesn't want that genetic legacy to uh, continue into perpetuity. And that also puts the female lines in estrus. So they start, uh, you know, wanting to have sex again. And, you know, he goes and makes his own babies. Um, so infanticide in uh, primates still happens to be an issue. And they postulate that that's why women, it's called female copulatory vocalization. So in non-monogamous primates, there's uh, moaning. In monogamous primates like gibbons, there's no moaning at all. They're silent. Gibbons actually sing, like they're singing monkeys, but when they're having sex, silence, right? So it's only in the non-monogamous one so that she can call to the other primates so that there's no risk of infanticide because if they all mate with her, then they have no idea whose um, offspring that is, so they have no reason to kill it. That's what infanticide is, right? Um, and the other thing too that I found really fa fascinating that I mentioned is that well, here, I'll just read it. On average, monogamous promiscuous primates have sex 750 times or more for every pre uh, pregnancy. So we're talking chimps and bonobos have sex 750 times or more for every pregnancy. In humans, it's approximately 1,000 times for every pregnancy. This is all data that I collected when I was reading Evo Psych and Sex at Dawn and all these things. Um, so in humans, so we're, so we're arguably more promiscuous than bonobos, which are basically banging all the time. Okay. Um, sex for the purpose of pleasure and socializing is very unusual in the animal world, yet it's very common in non-monogamous primates. So it's, it's only humans, bonobos, chimps, and dolphins, I think, that have sex for, um, fun, you know, like essentially, um, yet it's quite common in non-monogamous primates for most animals. They have sex. So for most animals, when they have a offspring, they have sex on average 10 to 15 times for every pregnancy that occurs. But in humans, it's one at every thousand times, if you're lucky. And then if you factor in, so humans really have sex just to, just to reproduce. If you factor in all the ways that humans have sex that can't possibly lead to a pregnancy, oral, anal, all that stuff, the 99% of the sex humans have will never lead to a pregnancy. Sex for non-monogamous primates is all about social interaction, pleasure, validation, connection, and transactions. I'll leave it on that note. Guys, again, if you haven't got the Unplugged Alpha, please get it and make sure you leave a review. The second edition is out. Get the second edition, okay? The second edition is out. You can get it hardback, Kindle. The Audible will be uploaded very soon. Um, tomorrow, I'm doing that cast on Brian Johnson who just went through a $9 million lawsuit. Basically, it's not even a Me Too. She wanted to make up some shit about this guy. I'll break it down. I'm going to read his email and add some context to it. But this guy is a, uh, he's like a venture capitalist, biohacker. He's trying to live forever. He's one of these guys that, you know, sold his companies and had a whole bunch of money. And he was dating this gal that he was engaged to. Um, anyway, tune in tomorrow at 1030 on Entrepreneurs of Cars. And I'll break down that from my perspective, because I've dealt with a lot of these guys in the past. Um, and again, cheating and betrayal and love. There you guys have it. Leave a comment below. Discuss. Let me know what you think. Am I right? Am I wrong? Uh, ladies night is 8 p.m. on Wednesday this week. Moff's got a office hours lineup. We're doing general shows on Saturdays. Hope you enjoyed the show. Consider subscribing if you did. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, very, very soon. Podcast outro. See you soon. All right, guys. If you enjoyed that podcast, make sure you visit my website at richcooper.ca to learn more about my courses, my book, The Unplugged Alpha, community, 
or booking me for private coaching. Also, if you are a Canadian with $15,000 or more of credit card debt and what you are doing right now isn't paying off the balances, then visit totaldebtfreedom.ca and hit get a free quote to see if you qualify to settle your credit card debt for less than you owe today over the next 48 months. Make sure you check out the top pinned comments